Welcome to the Eye of Terror. I'm your host, George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. Okay, thanks for being patient and thanks for waiting a long time. This is our first in-pandemic episode. Yeah, no, uh, I think the last one we did was just prior to everything going into lockdown. I thought we did another lockdown episode. We, no, I, we may have done, oh, oh, we did do it. Oh, sorry, it's been that long. I forgot. <laughs> You're right. It's You're affecting right. our minds, as you can tell. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a while since we've been able to record. Um, and, and again, this one we are recording remotely. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So that's why you might hear a difference in the in the sound from prior episodes. So we have not been able to play a game of 40K uh, all the time because we are, you know, sort of locked down in our respective locations. Unfortunately, uh, no battle reports. Yeah, no battle report this time. But we do have a lot of things to cover. We'll be talking about some hobby progress. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about an exciting new 40K, looks like fan film that's about to get launched. Yeah. Yep. We're going to talk about the new starter sets in Indomitus. Mm -hmm. uh, some new Necron models. Uh, yes. The release of a brand new Black Library book called Avenging Sun by Guy Haley. And finally get into some of our impressions of 9th edition changes from the 8th edition. So strap in, pray to the machine spirits, everything goes right. <laughs> and as always, we'll start off with, uh, with hobby progress. Because of the pandemic, I've actually been catching up on all kinds of like hobby progress. You're finally forced to. Sit I'm forced down to. And confront. I, have, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> confront the plastic. I'm confronting the plastic. I we you know I've been working on the Gene Sitter Cult Army, and uh, there was just a lot of units that I that I you know had done. Um, finally finished all the neophytes, which is great. They're wearing blue like industrial outfits with orange shoulder guards, so they yeah. kind of they kind of pop, right? Yes. All right, they look great. I'm making all of my more more mutant looking uh, neophytes, the ones that are a little have a little more ridges on their heads, uh, as being a little purplish. And anybody that yeah. and anybody that really is closer to um, you know a gene stealer or you know a Tyranid variant really gets the purple treatment. But for the most yes, part, the they're purple. like normal humanity colors. You know, just a variety of of whites, browns, and blacks. Then I've also done what I've really been working on the last couple of months or the last month has been um, some acolyte hybrids that I even forgot we had. The oh, army wow. looked a little like a little thin and I was watching some battle reports with Gene Sudo Cross and I'm like, God, I wish I had some acolyte hy hybrids. And I went Oh and, wait. <laughs> I went in and went through my pile of plastic boxes uh, and realized I, I in fact had a unit of five acolyte hybrids. So um, I'm pretty much done with those. Acolyte hybrids are, um, they look like, they look like, you know, more mutinous, mutant-like. Yeah. Right? They, they, have, look well, they more, have like three, four arms. They yeah, they have three or four arms. They, they've got horns coming out of their heads. They're, they're clearly not fooling anybody. Right? No. At this point, everything's quite obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. These guys come out and you're like, uh, you're not from around here. <laughs> right? So. What, what, what uh, sector do you come in from? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What's um, going on there? I also finished the um, uh, the Ridge Runner, the the like little fast attack vehicle. Yes. Um, and I made a little bit of a of a of a change to it. So you can pick from either um, a mining laser or a, a missile pod of some kind. Okay. And so I 
thought, yeah, you know what? Um, sometimes I might want the mining laser and sometimes I might want the missiles. And so I'm going to use both. Okay. So, so I uh, went with the orc method. I, I went with the rule of cool. And so what I did is I adapted the missiles on the side of the Ridge Runner. It's kind of, they're off to an angle on the side. I think it turned out pretty cool. Um, so now no, it did turn out pretty cool. So now we can designate which one they're actually using. Yeah, but they're it's, both. It's, the they're both, it's more DACA. It's it is more. Method. It's more DACA, and we just strapped on that extra weapon onto the uh, onto the Ridge Runner. Um, so I've I've good. I've finished most of what we have in terms of Gene Sitter Cult. I I still technically have ten guardsmen that have Gene Stealer heads to do. Okay. So they'll probably be next. I don't think they're going to take that long. Guardsmen are pretty easy to paint. And I'm going to make them look like guardsmen, so they'll be slightly different colors. They'll be because they've turned right; they're they're still officially guardsmen, but they were secretly yeah. Gene Sealer cult members, and so their colors will be more guardsmen colors with maybe just uh, an identifying armband of some kind. Or yeah, and that's generally how the, yeah. the models look, right? They have like they have like the kind of the slightly ridged heads and uh, right weird features, but they're mostly normal looking guardsmen. Right. Exactly. Uh, orange is the distinguishing color for this cult. That's how they distinguish themselves. Uh, the Ridge Runners, the vehicles all have, you know, orange, like an orange stripe or an orange accent. The shoulder guards that um, all, most of the individual models are all also in orange. So that to me is the defining color. The the, the banners have an orange um, Gene Sutter cult symbol on them. So that to me is, uh, that's my theme. Um, blue and orange seems to be the theme of the... Uh, I think they use that for movie posters. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's a good contrast in color. The other thing is I've started actually finishing some Chaos Chaos Space Marines on, on motorcycles. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've, I'm working on Iron Warriors. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Iron Warrior motorcycle And, and you can't you cannot get enough of those hazard signs. No, this is full of hazard stripes. So this particular Space Marine uh, on, this, on this one, this is my first of three uh, motorcycles. Uh, he's got hazard stripes on the front fairing of the motorcycle, like the front side fairing. He's got hazard stripes on his chainsword, and then he's got hazard stripes on his left pauldron. So he's got so he's got hazard stripes on both sides of the motorcycle. You're, you can't get away from hazard stripes. You see this guy coming a mile away. The, this particular offshoot of the Iron Warriors became really concerned with safety for some reason. <laughs> they are. They're the safest uh, faction of all of the Chaos Space Marines. They pride themselves on 400 years without an accident. <laughs> right. A lot of death, but no, not none attributable no, to an industrial accident. It was all intentional. <laughs> right. No one died because they weren't they weren't aware of where the chainsword was. They knew where the chainsword was because of the hazard stripes. <laughs> Correct. Correct. So I I love hazard stripes. It just yeah. add, it add, it pops. You know, it adds a certain industrial something to your army. In a real simple way. So, yeah. You want to make me happy? Give me an army that has hazard stripes on it. Hazard stripes, yeah. Oh, you know, also doing Iron Hands. When I do Iron Hands, they also happen to have a, a, a fair amount of hazard stripes, too. Just coincidentally. Yeah. The, yeah. Just coincidentally. Coincidentally. They just, they're both very concerned with safety. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I, I still have tons of boxes of models to do. There's a bunch of gorgeous new models that are now out there. A lot of them are primary Space Marines. And, of course, the Necron models we'll get into. But I have so much a backlog of gray plastic and unbuilt plastic that I really can't justify spending more at the moment. I really am trying to get through it as much as I can. You, you don't have, well, you don't have an excuse now. 
I don't have an excuse. Well, I mean, I'm still so working. I'm still working. It's like I'm not working. You know, I still work. Most no. of my work now is phone calls and Zoom calls. You know, all day. Sure, but you have a lot more time just spent at home, and that you correct know, your travel time's gone. Correct. I was doing a lot of traveling, as as you guys all know, with my job, uh, traveling to and uh, you know, going all over the world and doing all kinds of different fun things. All that's gone, and will be gone for the next year, I expect. So. Yeah. Doing a lot more uh, stuff at home, but uh, you know what? Since I mostly work from home anyway, this this hasn't been a huge burden to me. Okay. Yeah, no. it's fine. It's all fine. So I'm going to catch up on more more painting more plastic for the eventual day that you and I will play ninth edition games. One of these things, sometime, probably sometime, maybe next year. Well, whenever there's a vaccine, or or everyone feels like it's safe enough to to start gathering in small groups again. Well, I think people are already kind of doing that, but they're all wearing masks and it looks really depressing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't want to do that. Wear your mask. If you're hearing this, you should be wearing a mask while you're listening to this. <laughs> while you're listening, right? In your home right now, as you're doing chores, put on your mask. What are you doing? <laughs> Just practice. Just practice. <laughs> right. Anyway, we should go back to escapism. What these okay, speaking of escapism, for. okay, back to escapism. So speaking of escapism, uh, there's a new fan film uh, series that looks, or that's coming out called The Exodite. Yeah. Uh, and it looks absolutely uh, fantastic for a couple of reasons. Yeah. One, the animation in it. It's an animated project. It looks it looks great. That They released a real short, like 37-second trailer a few months ago. And then more recently, a couple of weeks ago, they released a like a minute and a half long teaser trailer, which uh, featured what seems to be the antagonist of the story, and that is... The Tau. The Tau. The Tau. Finally getting some love. Yeah. Uh, from the uh, animated world. But it's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, a view of uh, like a, a Tau uh, war fleet, you know, talking yeah. about heading toward a, uh, their destination and then doing their uh, Tau propaganda, <laughs> yelling their Tau propaganda statements along the way. And the voice acting for this is incredible. It's just awesome to just pick great <laughs> actors to do it because it sounds like you know, propaganda from a communistic kind of military yeah. society that's justifying whatever it is we're about to do. It's just a really great job. Animation sure, looks... talking about the, the, the supremacy of their methods or like the supremacy yes. of their way of life. And it's like, yeah, we got we to gotta show these people what's what. All right, I'm going to look up uh, the creator of this, um, this series. I see it's a, it's it's a Lost, YouTube Lost channel Legion. called Lost Legion. Yeah, Lost yeah. Legion. And the teaser's got about two hundred thousand views. The original, the original teaser has about seven hundred sixty thousand views, and the um, the new one, the new teaser that got released five days ago, has got up to two hundred thousand. So that got quickly. It it really looks fantastic. I don't know anything about Lost Legion yet. Um, they do have a Patreon page. Well, here I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna I'm gonna play Twitter, the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, I'm playing the uh, right now the the intro to it. So let's play it again. I'm playing. It. So let's listen to it. ブーアンタヌーヒメサオルサイタ。カワシタワ。レネクアラガオルバシ。ティオベサタイバーソレ。コカソカイス。ムー。カンノシラドラクティエライエレクサシラルラ。4。ジャソ。エタイカオエトラ
September 2020 is how that, that teaser ends. And it uh, that, that's the entirety of the second teaser. But you have to watch it because of the visuals. Go to the Lost Legion YouTube channel and look for the Exodite. Uh, it looks it looks fantastic. Um, no, yeah, it looks really good. I mean, uh, the animation quality looks pretty similar to Astartes. I've seen a lot of comparisons um, to Astartes because just of how good it looks um, yeah. visual-wise. Um and I'm yeah, I'm certainly excited to see. I think there there was um, the the Space Marine in the first teaser looks sort of um, 30k ish. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like it looked it looked like a very retro outfit. I, but it's not. But it's like it can't be 30k because they're using Tau. So I'll I'll be curious to see what that's uh, about. They they are trying to raise money uh, via a Patreon campaign. So that uh, you know, if you if you pay money, they will allow you to chat with them on their Discord server. Plus they provide some early access and some exclusive access to unique content. And they're, um, they have 189 pat- patrons so far, so that's good. Um, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. All right. I'm looking up what Exodite means for 40K. Okay, what does that mean? Um, so they were, I guess they were a member of the Eldar uh, species. Okay, so yeah, the Warhammer. I'm getting this from the Warhammer 40k wiki. Okay. Uh, the Exodites are members of the Eldari species that rejected the slow degeneration of their ancient civilization before the fall of the Eldari, exiling themselves from the co- the core homeworlds of their star-spanning empire to newly terraformed colony planets called Maiden Worlds. Uh, upon the their home, uh, upon their new homes, uh, the so-called Exodites could isolate themselves from the Eldar's brewing corruption and hedonism and survive the cataclysm that would soon uh, consume their people. So I guess these are, uh, so these are people, these are Eldar that have taken up, I guess, exile on these uh, sort of wild planets uh, as a means of getting away from the never ending party that used to be the, <laughs> the, the Eldar uh, empire. Okay, so it's uh, prior to the formation of Slaanesh then. Yes. Or, or I mean, I but the Exodites exist. I mean, they exist after the creation of Slanesh and the, the, the Big Bang that, that created them. So they might be the, you know, the Exodite might refer to a member of that, of that you know, Aldari community that finds Interest, itself yeah, somewhere. Inter- okay, so there's going to, so there might be uh, Eldar in this series. Yeah, or at least one Eldar. Right. At least one, just the one, the, the one, one the one exodite. But but you know the teaser is has space marines, and that's the first teaser, and the second teaser is all about the Tau warships. Tau. So uh, f- interesting collection of uh, disparate elements in here. We'll just have to. We'll have to wait. We'll September it comes out next month. Assuming the world's still here, then um, we'll definitely be tuning in to that. Yeah. So. Go if you're interested. Go support the Lost Legion. They describe themselves as a multinational collection of filmmakers and, and gamers, um, who I guess are working online to create this for us. So thanks, thanks to you. Hopefully, if it, if it turns out great, Games Workshop will reach out and just like they did with um, Hell's Reach and offer the creator uh, opportunity to work with them officially. I'm also anticipating the Blood Angels series. I don't know when that's coming out, but um, sometime, hopefully soon. Here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that animated project. So let's talk about some new new stuff that Games Workshop is, is releasing. The Indominus box set 
<laughs> was available briefly. <laughs> For about uh, a few minutes. It was a few minutes before it completely sold out. Games Workshop, uh, I think they, they, they'd hoped that they'd have enough copies for everybody who wanted one, but that just didn't last. I mean, it, it, there was such pent-up demand for it that it sold out, I think, within minutes um, of the Games Workshop site. And then um, individual stockists also ran into that problem. So much so that after an outcry by the community for a while, Games Workshop made it as a made-to-order option so that you could actually order one directly from them. So um, that allowed uh, more people to get their hands on the box. But I think currently, as it stands, I don't think it's even available at the moment. I think that even that option is now gone from from the 40K website, from the 40K, from Games Workshop's um, 40K section. So uh, you might have missed out. Yeah, you think at some you think at uh, some point they'd be able to set realistic expectations for uh, how many what what their stock's going to be and what the demand's going to be. But I guess for some reason they just never learned that lesson. No. Well, I guess it's better to slightly, because they have to produce all this stuff, right? They have to go order it, you know, and they have to make sure that it's all up to snuff and, you know, have enough in there. And that costs money to manufacture, create, store, insure all of this, you know, physical product. And if you don't sell enough, then you're stuck with it, right? For however long. So somebody made the determination that X amount of units was all they needed. Uh, so they weren't stuck with too many, un, you know, unsold boxes, but... Like like Disney merch on a popular new animated movie, they underestimated how popular it would be. And so now we find ourselves in a situation where people were buying boxes, getting their hands on it, and then re immediately reselling them on eBay and other channels for, you know, multiples of the cost, which is dumb. Oh, it's always the case. It's always the case. Opportunists, opportunists always come out, right? So, the scalpers of the uh, 40K economy. <laughs> There's people who make a living off this stuff, right? Yeah. Just, you no, know, totally. yeah. Not just limited to 40K, but um, definitely in the 40K world, there's a lot of people who buy as many copies as possible and then sell them for an inflated price once they sell out from the official uh, channels. But in the meantime, you know, the, the Indominus box had uh, new Primaris Marine models that looked amazing. And mm -hmm. then um, had, more importantly, I think, the new Necron yes. models, which look freaking amazing. Well, um, yeah, which I think are clear highlights. Yeah. Well, wh why do you think they're clear highlights? Well, I mean, firstly, there's just like new, like brand, looks like brand new unit types. I mean, not, I mean, most of the new unit types look sort of um, a lot of new HQ choices, but there seems to be like at least either two elites or maybe one uh, elite and one heavy I don't know it's it's like we have these okay hold on let me let me pull up the names so that way I know what I'm talking about okay uh, we'll go back to the primary Marines after we talk about the Necrons yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, first there's a new Overlord the new Overlord yeah the new Overlord's got like these uh, like these medallions or something like strappy medallions that go down the length of the body that are like it's almost like a metallic scarf that he's wearing that's kind of flapping in the wind. Yes, I don't. Yeah, this this doesn't seem to be too out of. Um, this doesn't seem to be too revolutionary. I mean, it's it's a good looking model. Good looking model. Uh, more more detail. Um, more. They have the. He has the. Um, he has a certain art artifact. Uh, I think it's the time arrow, uh, or something like that, on his. Uh, I think it's on his right hand, or it could be just any sort of. Um, uh, 
they do have a lot of burst weapons for their overlords, so it could be that. But it looks very. Uh, it's called a hyperphase glaive. Hyperphase glaive. Yes. Well, no, isn't and that his, um, no, isn't that his glaive? Oh no, the glaive is is like the thing he's holding. That's like the yeah, like no, the like the cutting weapon that he's holding. I was referring to what's on his right I, I, hand. That's called the tachyon arrow. The ta- yeah, the tachyon arrow. Okay, it's it wasn't a tachyon, tachyon, tachyon arrow. So he has a tachyon arrow. Uh, it almost looks like a power fist, but with a t- with an arrow sticking out. So oh. it, it's a good looking model. Um, it's it looks pretty similar to other Necron overlords. Um. Yeah, not not necessarily too much to talk about with uh, the new Overlord. All right, the next guy is the Royal Warden. Now, this is interesting, because this is, just seems to be a completely new yeah. uh, unit type. He's an aide-de-camp to an Overlord. So another sort of second-in-command type. Exactly. Uh, he's your Primaris Lieutenant. Your Primaris? Yeah, exactly. exactly. He's, he's your They're Necron Primaris Lieutenant. <laughs> he's yeah. got a Relic uh, Gauss Blaster. That's good. Yeah. I, that's actually good because then you can you can swat him up with some immortals. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, I'm sure. And and, if, maybe, and if he does the plus one to wound or reroll the reroll ones to wound like the like the primary lieutenant, that might be something. They, I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I actually don't know what his rules are. So I don't know if that's that's. You know, if, if, if I, I've just turned him into a primary lieutenant. So I, I'm just adding. I'm making stuff up. Well, let's talk about the Goss blasters for a second and the new models. They've they've eliminated the green rods. From now, all of the uh, the Necrons. So instead yeah. of having the green little plastic rods that indicate, you know, their power source or whatever, they've now gone to an all plastic model that's just, you know, looks like green, glowing green orbs that you can paint green, or glowing orbs that you can paint any color you want. But you know, traditional Necron fluorescent green. Um, but they just got away with the acrylic little little um, rods, which is fine. It look, frankly, it adds some more detail. It, feels less like a toy less like a yeah little toy like it was to me it was always like a gimmick it looked, it looked a little cheap it looks a little cheap and gimmicky yeah i agree i agree my necrons all have that rod right now but whatever i'm not gonna repeat nah, i them. guess they'll be phased out uh yeah yeah uh the next uh model is the plasmancer it's a form yes. of a cryptic now this guy looks very great. unique it's a great name first of all plasmancer yeah uh, <laughs> uh, correct what what is he mance? He mances plasma. Yeah, so I guess these guys are sort of uh, cryptech, uh, sort of some sort of specialist cryptech uh, unit. He's uh, armed with a plasmic lance, which is a, a melee weapon. But it's also no, it's a ranged weapon as well. Oh, okay, great. Like the other, like the other cryptechs, I guess it's some sort of specialized um, weapon. And, and he looks like he looks like he's floating. It, it does it look he has no legs. Looks like he's just floating in air. Kind of yeah, like he, he kind of reminds me of a banshee. Sort of, he doesn't really have a lower. He doesn't have legs. He has like a, yeah, like a scorpion tail or like a spine or something. Uh, next up are the really unique models, the crypto thralls. Yes, they look like more mechanized versions of the flares. Uh, yes, they look like uh, Necron flares, but uh, encased in sort of bomb cases. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you took a jet engine and put Necron uh, <laughs> arms and legs and those arms ended in like uh, curved blades, that's what you would have if you had that's the That's what cr- you'd have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the crypto thrall. I think they're bodyguards for... It'd be great if they could launch. <laughs> if they could just fly. Yeah, if they just rocketed right... Like in, like in like one of those um, like one of those orc units uh, with the rocket. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with the rocket pack. 
they fight alongside uh, the plasmancer or other cryptex. They're, I guess they're bodyguards, crypto thralls. Okay. Yeah. So I guess there's the equivalent of drones from the Tau army. I wonder if they're a specific unit or if they're going to be, if the plasmancer is just going to have one of those or have two of those. I don't know. Wouldn't it be cool to have like a whole bunch of these coming at you? That would be cool. But I guess when it, the, the name thrall seems to imply that they're going to be right. sort of. Yeah. In, <laughs> enslaved to, to one more, you know, bigger unit. Then there's the Scorp Lord, which is the big sort of scorpion looking kind of overlord kind of guy. Great looking model. Yeah. Great looking model. Fantastic. It actually reminds me, do you remember, uh, this is actually, this is actually going to be maybe an insulting comparison. Do you remember uh, the rock in the second Scorpion movie? And the second uh, Mummy movie? Yes, vaguely. The Scorpion King, where he's just like, it's this horrible CGI Dwayne Johnson. Uh, who, like, there's like, they've rendered the top half of his body, and it just looks so clearly fake. And the bottom is the scorpion yes. uh, body and he's just like crashing around and it's just the most embarrassing thing on the planet. Uh, this, this, it looks like like the bottom the cool, half this is the of the cool version of that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know he's super cool. He looks like a, he looks like the like boss at the end of a, of a dungeon, you know, <laughs> yes, he's the guy he <laughs> that you have to beat to get past everything. And he's armed with like crazy big ass weapons. I don't even know what, what it is, but it's, it, he has like a giant blade. He has some, he has what looks like some sort of gas blaster. He has a giant quad hand. Uh, they describe the, it's a, a devastating hyperphase harvester um, and a flensing claw. My claw oh, will flensing. Oh, it's and an enmetic. Annihilator. Enmetic annihilator. The enmetic annihilator. Yeah. Oh, good for them. Coming up with brand new weapons. That must be that must be so fun. Just looking, just looking in a dictionary for like some sort of like what's another word for destroy? <laughs> right, right. At a molecular level, how do we destroy things? Right. There are score of destroyers. There's a new a new um, set of models. They're like three legged uh, melee units, right? Yes, they look like kind of bulkier three legged uh, melee guys. Right. It'll be interesting to see how they differentiate themselves from some of the um there were the uh the crypt the crypt guard or lich guard melee units the lich guard that's it yeah the lich guard were more i think defensive whereas these guys look more offensive because they've got uh two of what they're calling hyperphase threshers yes or one uh two or a two-handed uh version yeah but they look like uh, really significantly beefed up uh, melee units for the Necrons, which is something that they were missing. Like, like the Necrons didn't really have a lot of melee type units. I mean, they did all their shooting at 24 inches with their, you know, Goss blasters, and then that caused a lot of havoc. But I love having the idea of uh, of the idea of melee, you know, tough melee units to contend with. No, I like that too. Hopefully, they'll be able to get in there. There's a weird looking like little uh, machine like unit called the plasma site yeah i'm looking at that okay so these okay so these seem to be attached to the um the scorpec destroyers yeah so i guess they okay so let's see it says that the uh the plasma site's ability is to infuse the destroyers with a tainted energy with tainted energy it makes an already dangerous unit deadlier still so it's okay so it's, it's an, it, um, an aura, an aura. 
Right. It's got some sort of yeah. aura that adds to the you know melee capabilities of the Scorp destroyers. Yeah, so that's okay. good. Then there's a Canoptech Reanimator that looks exactly like the War of the Worlds, uh, you know, tripods, the Tom Cruise yes. version. It looks like one of those it with a Necron like aesthetic. They call it a um, land walking jellyfish. <laughs> it uh, apparently provides some sort of benefit to reanimation protocols of some kind. And well, that's it, always nice. Yeah, and it comes with an atomizer beam too. So, not only can I raise you up, I can also destroy. So, okay, so that yeah, I like I mean, depending I like on how strong that reanimation buff is, that can be uh, yeah pretty useful. They've reengineered the Kineptic Scarab swarms. They yeah. look a little more detailed now. You know, they look good. Yeah, not not a huge change, but you know, definitely a little bit of a, a of a change. I really like the, uh, the upgraded Necron warriors. So as I mentioned, all the plastic green rods are gone. They've now been yeah. given, you know, more like unified weapons uh, for their gauss blasters. They all have like these little like glowing balls instead of that that rod. A little more detail in the shoulders, I think. It looks like yes. it looks like they're not going to be as um, customizable in terms of like how you fit them. It looks like you have a bunch of different stances, but maybe I'm wrong about that. We'll have to see. But they do they do have. Um battle damage now oh that's cool yeah yeah you can see like some of their like some uh some of their heads are like missing eye pieces or like have like oh right yep yep um, yep that's true scratches that's cool i like that i like that so i the necrons are awesome we have a necron army and i'd love to get some of these models um but when you buy the indomitus box you're also going to get um a whole bunch of new space marines uh, not the least of which is your primaris captain that looks like a completely kitted out, awesome looking captain with a big power sword and a huge shield that has a skeleton on it. Like like the whole skeleton, not just the skull. <laughs> like the whole skeleton. It's apparently it's a skeleton feet, of an imperial martyr bound onto its face. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> even in death. Not even in death does duty end, huh? <laughs> oh, that's so that Now we so need good. to use your body as a shield. <laughs> Thanks a lot, martyr. You're you're you you were a holy person, so you'll be able to infuse my shield with your holiness. <laughs> right. So he, and, I, and I really something I really appreciate about uh, this set of um, Primaris models. Yeah. Is that they are really leaning into you know the medieval grim dark aesthetic. Yes. Which I feel like some of the Primaris models have been kind of straying away from, um, and they've been kind of looking more tactical uh, and a little bit more like an attempting sort of a more stripped down kind of sleeker approach. And I feel like that's completely inappropriate for space Marines. Right. Uh, I feel like this, this sort of angle where it's like these highly detailed ornate, uh, Gothic, uh, weird, just weird looking units is exactly what's appropriate. Like that martyr touch. Beautiful. Yeah. No, I, 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 I love it. I love it. It's not, it doesn't look tactical at all, but it looks intimidating as hell. Like some guy yeah, coming running at you with a power sword and a shield with a whole skeleton on it. <laughs> I'm going to hesitate. <laughs> yeah, I'm heading the other direction. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Of course, there's a brand new Primaris Lieutenant because we yeah, always have enough. to have another Primaris Lieutenant. Uh, he looks good. He's also got a big, you know, shield, but just another Primaris Lieutenant. More importantly, we got a new Primaris Chaplain that looks amazing, looks fantastic, properly angry. 
screaming, yes. you know, screaming, Scream. uh, cy- he's cyborganic. He's part of his, uh, head is missing. And Correct. Replaced with machinery. Yeah. He's bristling with purity seals. Oh yeah. This guy's ready. Yeah. He look. he looks fantastic. He looks great. A, a great addition to any army. And then there's a new character, uh, model, the Judicar. Yes. The Judicar comes up with a giant, like non-power sword, but that's it, squared off. It's just like a big hunk of metal, big hunk of square metal. Uh, yeah. And he's carrying an hourglass and he's wearing like some sort of more medieval or old fashioned looking armor than uh, general power armor that includes leather gloves. He has gloves. He has, yeah, he has like old, like, like 17th, 18th century uh, gloves on. Uh, he's got a bandana. Or a, fa- bandana. a face mask. Yeah. That's covering him up. Over, over his, yeah, over his, uh, over his mouth. And it's his, the top half of his, uh, helmet looks like a skull. It's, uh, it's very weird and very interesting. You know, it reminds me of actually the, um, the champion units for the Black Templars. Yes. Do you remember those? Yep. I remember those guys. Yeah. That's what this feels like. But, you know, I presume for all Space Marines now. We've got, uh, Blade Guard veterans. They look like, uh, like veterans, but with shields. Yeah. You know, they're melee units with power swords and shields. Cool veteran units. Yep. I, I wonder. I hope they those guys get a boost because I never really found a, no. a reason to use yeah, veterans in the previous. Yeah, well, well, mostly because it's edition. been a shooty kind of meta, you know. Why you don't yeah. want you want to have a bunch of power swords when you can get shot by you know Tau or Necrons. Uh, there's a blade guard ancient that's carrying around another skeleton banner, giant skeleton banner. Great. Yeah, he looks great. Presumably, he's there to provide some cool auras. Yeah. Uh, now you've got eradicators, which are these meta rifle, meta melta gun rifle carrying guys. Yeah. They seem to have sort of, um, what kind of, uh, oh yeah. They're just eradicators. They're just calling them eradicators. Yeah. The, uh, they, I think they're themselves. like, they're like the melta version of the plasma guys, the hell blasters. Okay. So these, yeah. So these seem to be, I guess they're longer range. Oh, the, the melta guns are longer range. Well, that's what it says. Oh, yeah, long-range long melted rifles. rifles. Oh, okay. So instead of 24 inches, maybe 30 inches or 36? That That'd would be good. Oh, my God. That would be horrible. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, horrible for the enemy. <laughs> great for these guys. Oh, wow. Long-range yeah, melters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That could be really useful. Yep. Okay. And then we've got uh, an assault intercessor squad that looks like intercessors. They got their- Intercessors. They got bolt guns and chainswords. So about time. Yeah. Well, I mean, though, this is great because now you can create a death company from these guys. Before, you, 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 could. you didn't have a Primaris death company. And now with an assault intercessor squad, just throw on a few extra bits and you got yourself a death company. No, for sure. You could probably make a uh, death company out of. Yeah, you can make death company out of. Those models, yeah, I mean, sure. Primaris death company is, uh, is now a thing. So, um, so this is the way to, to build that with this assault intercessor squad. I assume those models will be released. Um, when you know whenever blood angels codex comes out yeah that's true uh, oh that'd be cool yeah i think the star of the show though is the outriders with their new the new um akira style motorcycles i love these things i think they're amazing i it makes me want to throw out all the old motorcycles they're so cool they do they do look right the um giant exhaust uh <laughs> i don't know like yeah those like giant exhaust ports are great yeah uh, just two jarts big tubes going to this huge exhaust thing that's i i love it so yeah primaries have to ride their own 
version of motorcycles and they got suitable upgrades. I love them. I think they're great. So the box, I mean, the box is fantastic. It's great. Um, not interested in getting it though, because um, mm -hmm. I just, I mean, as much as I love the models, I, um, too many repeat uh, units, honestly. Kinda. No, I mean, all new models for the, for the space Marines. I, I, I well, just, I mean, new models, but like a lot of this stuff, like we already have like primaries, lieutenants, right? Um, we all have primaries, have, captains already. Uh, we already have intercessors. Um, we might, I mean, we might, we're going to probably get a lot of this stuff, you know, when it's sold individually. Um, and that's what I think. Like I would, I would be interested in the outrider motorcycles. I'd be interested in, in an assault intercessor squad to turn them into blood angel death companies. Um, maybe interested in the eradicators. Um, Cause you know, long range melted guns are always good. The only model that I think I would really get just based on looks would be the Judicar because it just, I, I have no idea what he does exactly, but wow, does he look amazing. He just looks, he looks really cool. intimidating yeah. as hell. But yeah, I, I, the thing is I would I would want to get most of the new Necron models because most of the new Necron models are new and presumably they have new capabilities that would augment an existing Necron army. Uh, they look fantastic. So maybe I can figure out a way to get half the Indominus box, which is, I guess, what a lot of people have been doing, um, splitting boxes, if it's even available anymore. If it's know. even available. We might have to wait a little while until they're sold separately. Exactly, exactly. But there are new um, starter boxes, too. Yeah, I mean, but I don't. I think a lot of those have, like, um, repeat, like mo models we already have, I think. Let me see. So there's some new starter sets that Games Workshop's releasing. There's an Elite Edition that comes with a lot of these models. Come with one Overlord, ten Necron Warriors, three Scarab squ uh, Swarms, three Scorep Destroyers, one Canaptic Plasma Site, uh, one Primaris Captain, five Intercept Assault Intercessors, three Outriders, plus okay. the plus the Elite Manual, the Heavyweight Paper Gaming Mat. Ugh. Paper gaming mat, range rulers and dice, data sheets, and some transfers. Um, a good value for ninety nine bucks for the models that you get. I mean, you're going to get a lot yeah. of great models in this. I, to me, the paper terrain and the paper playing mat are just trash. I don't need them. No, they look they look super cheap. They look um, super cheap, and that's not. This is not the way you should play um, Warhammer with any kind of paper terrain. Please, don't play. <laughs> just don't play. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Wow, you're really going in. Yeah. Well, if it, but if you really want to get started, I mean, it's a good way to start get started with the rules and all that stuff. Um, yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already play, but maybe not. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You probably don't need this. Yeah. There's a smaller set called the Recruit Edition for you recruits. You get. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so weird whenever they like. I guess there are certain naming conventions uh, in gaming that like belittle you for your choice <laughs> exactly. like recruit edition right. come on the noob edition it's it's like it's like when you go into a video game and there's like an easy difficulty setting but like the icon for it is like a, a baby <laughs> exactly you're just like you you fool you you absolute rube what are you doing right i mean if you what got you to give us your 50 bucks and here's what you get but you really should be giving us more money. Get trash. But I mean, look, look but the thing is, you get real value here for 50 bucks. No, normally, sure. a box of Space Marines costs you more than, it costs you like $60 for like 10 Space Marines. And this time, you're getting one Royal Warden, 10 Necron Warriors, three yeah. Kineptic Scarab Swarms, one Primaris Lieutenant, 
five assault intercessors plus the rules and dice and all that stuff and then some cheap terrain. But I mean, that's a that's a good value for, you know, uh, some if you're starting, just starting out, out. Absolutely. If you're starting out, that's great. And that'll give you some exposure to the rules and you can get started. The real the, the best sort of starting kit that Warhammer's coming out with is this uh, command edition because it gives you so much awesome terrain. First off, it gives you a lot of great models. You've got yeah. Overlord, 10 Necron Warriors, three Scarabs, three Scarab Destroyers, one Plasma Site. Then you get um, one Primaris Captain, five Assault Intercessors, and three Outriders. But what you get is you get a bunch of great actual plastic real terrain. And that's to me is the hard, and it, like the terrain is like, looks like quality. Like you can really build some, either one big terrain piece or as they have it laid out, like, you know, three or four big significant ones. I would, no, I, yeah. I would try I, to turn it into one giant destroyed temple. That looks awesome. I think this is, yeah, I think this is legitimately good terrain, irregardless of like it being a starter set or not. I think this would just be like nice. Yeah, addition for anyone really. It's one hundred and sixty-five bucks, so it's a little more pricey, definitely. But I think you get great value here. And if you buy this set, you're getting an authentic Warhammer experience. Yeah, and, no, absolutely. Right, because a lot of to me, it, this started like with our first or second episode. We talked about the cinematics of of Warhammer, right? That I think so. That like this feels different from a tabletop game, from a standard strategy or a board game. In that you have all of these you know, intricately painted models set in a battlefield that has buildings and terrain features and all this stuff. And you don't want it to be paper or cheap. You really want it to look like, like these models. These models, you know, deserve a better setting. And so you should be playing with plastic terrain of some kind. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, they want to impart upon you the, the feeling that you're within this bizarre grim space opera that you're really sort of experiencing like the full the full world really right. um on on tabletop and i think they've done a great job sort of creating that experience yeah if you can't get your whole hand on the indomitus box um then the, the command edition i think is really great because it has i think a, a lot of the great models plus all that terrain it's, it's a great way to get started in the hobby for sure if you have under Bucks, if like you have one hundred sixty-five bucks, right? Exactly. Uh, I don't know if anyone does anymore, but whatever. Uh, the other new thing that's coming out yes. is Avenging Sun, a new book yes. from Black Library. It's yes, I, think, and I believe this is a part of a new series. I I think that's right. Yeah, I, there seems to be sort of. Um, it's part of a I, nine I part a mega series. Nine parts. Wow. Right. Uh, yeah. So Avenging Sun, uh, written by Guy Haley. It comes out on August 18th. Shall we listen to some of it? Let's listen to some of it. Let's see. I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to try to listen. Unfortunately, we are unable to release a sample prior to the publication oh. release of this book. <laughs> oh, oh well, there you <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a word from the administratum. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. You're not you're not authorized. Uh, <laughs> right. You don't have a clearance. You're right. Uh, we're not cleared yet to listen to uh, a sample of Avenging Sun a yet. Sample. Yeah, I'll read the description. A great darkness has befallen the galaxy, and the armies of chaos are rampant. To survive, humanity oh. must retaliate and take back what they have lost. By the will of the reborn Primarch, Rabute Gilliman, 
is the Indominus Crusade launched, a military undertaking that eclipses all others in known history from the throne world of Terra, does the Avenging Sun hurl his fleets, their mission, the very salvation of mankind. There you go. So this is this is him getting back. You broke. So this is just continuing the storyline of his giant, you know, renewed crusade. Exactly. He's just calling it okay. the Indom. He's, he's just rebranding. Rebranding. <laughs> he's just rebranding. Gilliman's rebranding. We're, we're we are rebranding mid crusade. Yeah. <laughs> we want to change. We want to change the sort of uh, we want to change the sort of focus. Right. On what this is about. Let's call it something cool. We're calling it, we're, we're renaming it Indominus now. Indominus. That's yeah, that sounds tough. That sounds indomitable. Before we were talking about assault. Now we're focusing on uh, on our own defense, our own strength. Right. I think that's important to communicate to the Imperial citizenry. Right. Nine part series. I wonder if they have market testing in the 41st millennium. Probably not. Probably not. They probably just go with, you know, whatever Goldman whatever says. Whatever Goldman says goes. A little controversial, the cover, because it had a... Uh, a uh, space marine, an ultramarine of color, <laughs> a black yes. guy as a as a uh, ultramar, ultramarine, and yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know why anyone would find that controversial, but uh, it, some people it's just, did it's for a some black reason. Person on a cover of a book. I mean, it's, <laughs> well, well, he's a space marine. He's got to look exactly like the god emperor. He's got his gene yeah. seed, right? He has his genes, right? <laughs> his pure white. Goldman's not um, black. The god emperor's not black. Why should an ultramarine it's just, be black? It's just so it's so goofy. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's a dumb conversation that some people, you know, want to have about a fictional space army. <laughs> space army. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think right. if 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 humanity is really throwing like everyone, sure. Uh, why wouldn't they the throw in everybody at it, right? Everybody. And, and everybody. if they're right, I, I, I'm sure some. I'm sure Neckbeard will come back and tell you exactly why ultramarines can only look a certain way, <laughs> right? Can only. <laughs> Look, a certain they have to way. look exactly it, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it just like, it just just like a few a few sentence changes, and then just right. everyone's included in the in the horrible meat grinder that is the forty first millennium. Right, uh, man. But there's some there's some snowflakes that want their history to be exclusive and not inclusive. So, and they get yeah, all worked up when anything changes or evolves or becomes a little more inclusive. But uh, as uh, the Warhammer community pointed out, if you're one of those people, you will not be missed. So yeah, anyway. that was the whole thing. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of interested in I, I don't read a, a lot of uh, Warhammer novels these days. Um, what, what, what did Guy Haley do? Do we know anything by Guy Haley? Uh, I, yeah, no, he's done a ton of them. Um, he did a bunch of series in the uh, the Beast Arises. He also has done let's see let's see what's he what's he's done he's done at least on Amazon uh, the Beheading. I just give you the name okay. of the titles of his books. That's a good name. The Beheading, Visions the Beheading. of Heresy, uh, which is a, a part of the Horus Heresy series, The Loss and the Damned, The Siege of Terra, The Horus Heresy Book Two. That's the title of just one book. He did the book. Uh, he did the book on Belisarius Call. Yeah, I'm saying. So yeah, he, so he did. Yeah, okay. So he did um, Conrad Kurz. Oh, that's a good um, one. He did Perturabo. Yeah. So he's done. So he's done some Primark books. He's done some. He's done the Bane Blade book. That's the first one I'm seeing. I guess that probably focuses on the crew of a Bane Blade, which would be interesting. He did Devastation uh, of Ball. That's a good, uh, good Blood Angels book. Yeah, no, no. Okay. He, he's done a ton of, ton of Titan Death, The Prophets of Wa. Always. Fourth book, The Mark of Calth. The Mark of Calth. Uh, that's a Horus Heresy book. 
So yeah, he, uh, extensive history in writing for Black Library, Warhammer. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to run out and get Avenging Sun. I'm honestly more interested in yeah, reading more reading the. Uh, we still haven't read the the kids literature in the Warhammer series. No, we should we should like, read the like, kids like yeah, the, the Necron Arises or whatever whatever that one. They won some a bunch of awards. I saw. Really? Yeah, no, like they won some wow. literary awards for kids because apparently they were really good. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. I guess maybe we, we clowned on them prematurely. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. A Grim Darkness for Kids actually wins awards, turns out. Don't don't, don't judge a book by its uh, cover, I guess. Uh, well, speaking of books, um, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk uh, about uh, the new core rule book and all of the rules therein, at least the rules that we found interesting. Let's take a break and uh, we'll get that when we come back. Okay, we're back. All right, new core rule book. Bought it, have it. Um, you have not actually held it, Alec. No, um, I I have. Well, I just have like the PDF of the the free rules PDF, right? Uh, that they released online. Right. But I don't have the giant rule book. Okay, so the core uh, book is not just the rules, but it's everything about the hobby, the Warhammer, the game of Warhammer. It is probably the most beautiful of the Warhammer books that I have seen yet. Really? Everything about it is just screams quality. And you know, you can tell you have a quality book when it's got one of those ribbons that that, that has a place marker. <laughs> oh man, it's got one of those ribbons. That's a, that, that, <laughs> this is holy better script. Than, nothing better than the quality ribbon. Right, right. Tell you. Tons of original art. The layout is really logical. If you want to find a rules, they make it very easy. When even in the in when they describe the rules, all the rules, there's a whole like elongated text about the rule, what exactly the rule is, and all that stuff. And then at the end of that section, there's small boxes with little red you know boxes next to that to do summaries of the rule, so you get right to it. So okay. you don't you don't have to like read the whole text. You have to read several paragraphs to figure out how Overwatch works or what the fight phases consist of, it like summarizes everything really quickly, which is a new, like really great way it is quickly. Like you're just looking up to, you're having a rules conflict or you forgot what the rule is. Boom, it gives you that information right there, um, which is great. So a lot of time has been spent like making the layout of the book way more um, gamer friendly. And as I said, every, like most of these books in the you know RPG tabletop, um, do a lot of black and white drawings to, as a way of saving money on artwork because artwork's really expensive when you create this stuff. Every single page is just color photographs, like just gorgeous color photographs, some of which we've seen, but a lot of it is brand new, you know, specifically created. And they really went all out for this edition. And it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Just beautiful book, starting from the cover, which shows... Looks like um, it looks like Gulliman versus Abaddon. I think on the cover. Yes. Uh, yes Abaddon's cool. you know sheathed in red you know flames and Gulliman's got somehow he's got wings now uh, and he's got a you know holy sword and he's bathed in blue and white. 
it has summaries of the of the grimdark you know universe you're about to enter it into it has you know talks about you know how the imperium is all set up talks about how chaos works uh, the different different chaos gods and how they came about it tells kind of the story of mankind in this universe uh the different eras what what the great rift is you know noctis eterna and how that isolated worlds from um the imperium it gets into each of the individual factions astro militarum you know um, all the imperial agents uh the space marines gets into the chaos of it all it gets into the xenos armies so you've got summaries of all of the major players in this universe uh, okay which, which is great with so this like, is pretty similar to the last set that we had um the big yes. difference is that i think the um there's they're not splitting it into different books this correct time. correct um i guess it's all the only thing i have to say is that um i i am going to miss having a lighter rule book to lug around true but that's what the because app is before, for that's what the app is for, I guess. <laughs> so, oh, don't, oh God, we should have talked. Oh. Yeah, we'll talk about the All app. Right. We'll talk about the app. Okay. No, this is this is a book for a completionist. This is a book for somebody who just really wants to do it. If you're starting out, then this this book is awesome. You can spend hours, you know, learning about everything uh, Warhammer related in this one book. You read this book, you will be kind of caught up with everything, right? In a way that just screams quality and and completeness it's great apart from the background and fluff and stuff you actually have the rules in here and we'll get into the rules in in a second and then different ways of playing from match play narrative play open play that sort of thing a whole hobby section and how to start collecting how to start how to start painting so it, the the book is just covers um the hobby as a whole the game as a whole and it's just it's kind of a must get i think I don't yet have the new version of what is chapter approved, which is got the new additions or changes to the points for each of the factions. Did they did they um, release a free version of that? No, I don't think so. Really, I don't think there's going to be a free version of of chapter approved. But you know, the way to do that is to wait for Battlescribe to get updated. Yeah, that's true. You can uh, yeah. wait for Battlescribe. I mean, there's value to me in buying the individual, to buying the chapter approved, because it usually comes with a bunch of missions, you know, that are yeah, usually no, they fairly interesting. Yeah, they have generally interesting new ways to play um, that can be fun. Yeah. I, I do, actually, I didn't even think about that. Are our battle, are our um, cards still valid? Our open play cards, oh, no. I think we have to get new open play cards because there are some new rules here. I, and we love open play. I know. We love open play. So... Uh, you know, there's a Warhammer tax. Every year there's a Warhammer tax. You want to play, you know, you got to play the Homeowners Association, a little something-something to allow you to you know, play with your toys in mm -hmm. the latest. Oh, we can continue playing the old way if we want, right? But who would yeah, do if that? You, if you want to be left behind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, we don't want any of these shiny new models. Correct. Yeah, so we are going to have to eventually get updated, you know, points values for all our all our armies um and that will come in time so the other thing that got released along with the core rule book was the app and there's been a lot of negative feedback about the app um uh, under understandably yeah apparently the app you know includes a, a monthly subscription i think it's 4.99 is that if i believe is correct but there's also a free version right well there's yeah there's a free version you can download and install it on your device for free yeah but you have to pay extra to unlock 
things. <laughs> beyond Let's go over break. some of those things that you can unlock. What, what value am I getting from this? All right. Like I, I'm asking this question like I don't already know. The yeah. Well, why don't you why don't you tell us what's available and what is premium or what's behind a pay a paywall? Okay. So what's behind? From what I understand, what's behind the paywall for this uh, great app is you don't get uh, access. You get access to the rules. Right. You get access to the rules and you get access to, I guess, some sort of online version or some app version of the rule book. You don't get access to the rules for your specific, for certain specific units. I think you have to, you get, you gain access to buying those. Well, I think if you if you buy a codex, you will they will have a code within the codex that allows you to unlock the faction specific rules in the app. So you won't get them automatically. You have to unlock them by buying the physical copies or the PDF versions of you know some version of the codex that to buy separately in order to unlock the specific rules in in the app. So you get free access to the rules, which I I don't think are even found natively within the app. I don't think they're locally cached. As the cool okay. coding kids would say, I think all yeah. it does is that it, it launches a browser to the Warhammer. What? It, I think it links you. So it doesn't even download the actual. Correct. You would have to, like, you couldn't do this without an internet connection. Like you would, it would, like, they're not natively found. The rules aren't even on the app itself. It like tells oh you where, God. it like connects you <laughs> via an in-app browser to the rules on the games, you know, workshop site. That's what I understand. I could be wrong about that as of today, because that, that, but that's something that I think has gotten a lot of people unhappy with the app. So you will have subscribers to the app will have access to units and rules found in 8th edition codecs and supplements while they remain current so that you can continue to use those codexes. New codexes oh. as they come out will come yeah. up with a unique code that unlock, unlock the book's content in the app including updated data sheets and points values. Ooh, and I get, I get a search function. I can search for my rules. Yes, you can search for your rules, but you better not misspell anything in that search query because it's a very, what, what I understand is that it's a very rudimentary search thing that if you misspell, like, like if, you, if you spell Overwatch and you forget, you know, to include, no. you know, a, the T in watch, you no. won't be able to find Overwatch. Like any other searching will like, did you mean this? Did you mean Overwatch? I oh couldn't find Overwatch. I couldn't find Overwatch without a T, but I did find Overwatch with a T. Like, that's a basic search function kind of thing that you would expect. So I have to know the exact wording of every single like rule I want to look up or every single unit. Right. Like what's that thing with the units have to stay together? Unit solidity and you search for unit solidity and you would not find the rule about unit coherency. Oh my god! So okay. so so yeah. So there's some limitations on the just the basic functionality of things like search, which again is a problem. And they're asking you to, and they're asking you for a subscription. They're just asking you to regularly pay. Yeah, a month, a month for the privilege. Correct of this app. Uh, correct. Now they're going to add like there's some things that aren't aren't even in here yet that are supposed to come out. Which I'm not even interested in this app at all until. At the very least, it can meet and exceed what Battlescribe already provides. Okay. Yes. A Which completely free community made community way of building your army yeah. by, uh, you know, it has all the latest point values because usually within a few days of a codex going live, 
people are putting in and updating the the data you know sets for each of the factions for Battlescribe. You just up, update those that that data set, and now you've got your army and points costs. Currently, that's currently not found within the Warhammer app. It will be released soon as a, oh an addition, God. but it's not. It's currently an armyless creator. Currently, isn't in there. Now, when that happens, I mean, this may be worth it. Even so, yeah, there's there's a free version, right? Battlescribe is per, works perfectly well. Good. Yeah, Battlescribe works great. Uh, I love it. There's usually a few days delays, and sometimes there's some mistakes and stuff. But they they update regularly, so it's just like sure. it's not it's not a problem. Sure. I get like a, I get like a full army. I can I can have my. It's not just choosing my army. I get like this nice laid out army list with all these little like special rules written out. So I know like what is this like what does this unit do? Let me go to the bottom of my army list and see what its special rule is, uh, so I don't have to go into my codex again. Right. Now when the, if when I, the app, if I'm not even getting that, come on. When the app first launched, it didn't even have uh, iOS you know, compatibility. It was just Android at first. <laughs> it's, it's now on iOS. No, I know. As of July okay. 29th, it uh, actually got onto iOS. Yeah. Okay. They're offering now yeah. with a month free, a free month because apparently, well, they, they weren't even offering that when you started because, but there was wow. just so much sort of negative feedback about it that they frankly decided that let's, you know, we, we might have made a mistake in not including all of these, you know, not solving all these bugs. Yeah. All this functionality. So then, so now let's let's give everyone a free sample of how bad this happens. They've said that the Warhammer community has issued a statement saying they've heard the reaction to the app and how they're going. They're committed to improving it over time. I mean, it currently has two stars on the of course iOS App Store. It's it. No, it's got a one point seven ratings. One point seven rating. People are really unhappy. Well, just like it's it's like if you're if you're Games Workshop, you know Battlescribe exists. You of have course. to be aware of it. You should be, you should be buying them, honestly. You should be buying you should them be and buying them. Yeah. Or I don't know, you, maybe you want to sue them somehow. You should be buying them though. We don't want to sue um, them because it it's now the that community would bad. rebel if that happened. They if you yeah. you know, this is like, you know, when they used to litigate, you know, Space Marine trying to control yeah. that. It, so yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to alienate the the community uh, by doing something like removing. Here's that thing that you love to use. We're going to make it go away now. And now you yeah, have now the only option is to pay us. It. Yeah, and now you got to pay us. But wait, we have, the good news is now you can pay us. Um, yeah, now you can pay us a monthly subscription. Yeah, yeah. Now that thing that used to, was free is now sixty dollars a year. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No. I. It just. It just. If you're going to make something like this. Just give us some. Just give us value. The rollout in terms of um, what they're planning to roll out, they even have a, like a, a timeline yeah. of, for updates and improvements. Yeah. July 29th, it, it went on iOS, and they fixed mm. a bunch of errors and stats. Mm. They, they added <laughs> Indominus units. They added some advanced rules, and they made it easier to unsubscribe. <laughs> apparently that was a hard thing to do the the week of august 3rd uh the free version of the app was updated searchable core rules in the app and in-app searchable faqs starting uh the week of august 10th they're going to update all power levels on all data sheets uh on the week of august 17th new ways to find your rules based on your feedback 
That I mean, sounds very vague. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think the problem I described, not not knowing exactly what you're searching for, kind of having oh, a better search idea. engine. Better search I mean, engine, yeah. Um, and then coming soon, plan your match play armies with Battleforge. They're going to have a the army builder somewhere. And then somewhere yeah, in October, a, unlock the Space Marines and Necrons. doesn't sound nearly worth it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they realize that they, um, they launch prematurely um, and they, they haven't done a good job. Right now, our recommendation is that everyone wait and not continue using yeah. Battlescribe. Don't use the official Warhammer app um, or don't subscribe to it yet because it doesn't provide the additional value that makes it worth it. Save that money for a codex or save that money for models. You know, better spent. So let's talk about some of the rules that really stood out in 9th edition. Now, we have not yeah. played a 9th edition game yet, right? We, no. we, we haven't played a game, gosh, since the beginning of the pandemic. But we certainly have opinions. And there's a number of, of changes throughout from 8th edition. We're not going to cover all of them. We're going to kind of talk about the ones that really, for us, stood out. Mm -hmm. uh, the things that we think um, kind of really distinguish 9th edition from 8th edition. Um, first off, they've added a whole, new, a whole new phase to the game, the command phase. Uh, yes. They've reworked the command point system in a radical way. And to sort of capture that, they've added a whole new phase to your game. And the battle round now consists of the command phase, the movement phase, the psychic phase, the shooting phase, the charge phase, the fight phase, and the morale phase. In the command phase, you're going to be gaining one command point every at the start of every turn if your army is battle-forged. There are also certain rules that might have their effects resolved during the command phase, and this is the time to do that. And then only after that can you progress to the movement phase. The movement phase they've now described specifically is consisting of uh, a normal move, you know, within yeah. the limits of what your unit can do, advancing, rolling a d6 and adding that to your move roll, okay? Remaining stationary. Remaining stationary now becomes a thing. The whole unit has to remain stationary or move. Before, you could say, hey, like for an example of heavy weapons, yeah, that you could say, well, the guy with the heavy weapon, the guy with the laser... You know, yeah. you know, the last gun, not the last gun, but, you know, no, the uh, last gun. Th yeah, he's going to stay stationary while the rest of the unit moves. Right. Yeah. Now you have to designate the unit as staying as quote unquote remaining stationary. So, okay, so, so there's some, there may be some bonuses or some, some, some things that happen um, if you remain stationary that, you know, but you have to designate the whole unit. You can't just say certain models in that unit. Uh, and then there's the fallback phase, which is falling back from, you know, being in an engagement for combat. And if you fall back, you can't shoot or manifest psychic powers unless you're a titan. Reinforcements are interesting. So now you can't, you can still reinforce, you know, certain parts of your army, but mm -hmm. that reinforcement doesn't automatically happen. You have to pay command points to do that. And we'll get into that in and, a second. And this is like a part of, I think, a larger thrust with this new edition, which is that they seem to be focusing a lot more on command points and really making that sort of a new economy that you have to think about when right. you're putting together an army, when you're planning an army, uh, when you're bringing detachments. Because they've just attached command points to so many aspects of the game. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's now an essential part of army building. Uh, is yeah. what what what's the what's the command point cost for including a particular detachment now, right? Yeah. Um, or keeping keeping certain. Um, units in reserve because now it costs you command points to keep units in reserve 
Whereas before you can just designate a certain portion up to half your army in reserve. Yeah. Now it's going to cost you. So drop, drop pod armies are reeling. Yeah. 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 Because it's going to cost you command point. If you want to, you know, have that drop pod assault in round two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. The overall, I think, uh, takeaway is that games workshop wanted to, at the risk of making this game more complex, because that's mm-hmm. what these rules have done. It's, it's mm-hmm. moving away from the simplicity of eighth edition and then, and then dealing with a bunch of layered sort of complications to just making it a little bit more complicated from the onset as a way of providing relief to the metagaming, min-maxing, and kind of taking advantage of a simplified yeah. rule set for the sake of competitive play. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to be that the focus of this is to the focus on the command points seems to be uh, to balance out what was previously um, a more easily, uh, I guess, exploitable rule set. Right. Right. It's interesting because I would have I would have thought they would have kept it in that simplified mode because they seem to be really focusing on um, they seem to be really focusing on bringing in new players. But um, I, I am glad that they have brought a certain amount of complexity back into the game as a kind of um, a lot of these changes seem to sort of fo- focus on making it feel more cinematic in a way or like using the models as they were sort of intended to move in, in the fluff. So I, I think it's an interesting change. I mean, we'll have to play a game before we have a really solid opinion on it. But um, I'm open. Just a couple of rules that sort of stood out. Um, you know, you can still choose um, if a unit sh- in the shooting phase wants to shoot at different units. Let's say mm-hmm. that's um, five Space Marines, right? Yeah. You know, four are have heavy bolters or four have like regular bolt guns and then one has got like a heavy bolter. Uh, you may want to shoot the heavy bolter at something else, right? You can still do that, but you can't now say that the heavy bolter that normally gets three shots, like two of those shots are going against uh, the Necron warriors and one shot's going against the Overlord. Like now all of the shots from one weapon have to go to the same unit. You, yeah, can, still that, split I mean, up, you can still split up shots between the the different individual models that are shooting at, at several different units. But now the weapons, all the attacks from one particular weapon have to go against the same target, the same target unit. Well, I don't want to get into too many things. I think the big thing to really for us to talk about is um, the way the armies are now built um, using command points. That, that I think, has changed radically. Um, and probably the biggest, yes. the biggest difference from 8th and 9th. Whereas in, in 8th, you got a certain number of command points uh, based on the type of detachment that you were taking. Um, like a brigade, you know, afforded you a certain number of command points, uh, a battalion, yeah. a certain number of command points, patrol, a certain number of command points. Now, the size of the game, the point value of the game, the limits on the point value of the game is what determines how much, how many command points each party starts with. Yes. And so, so now you get sort of, now you start with a certain amount of command points depending on the game type and, and the point level that you're playing at. Right. And you get, and then there are deductions based on sort of, what attachments you choose to have, whether or not you choose to have reinforcements. Uh, and some of those can get refunded depending on how you structure your army. Correct. So the first thing they've done is they've, they've determined that uh, battles come in a certain size. Okay. Yeah. So um, the combat patrol is for point limits of up to 500. Mm-hmm. Incursion is for point limits between 501 and 1,000. A strike force is between 1,001 and 2,000. 
and then an onslaught is between 2001 and 3000. So the, you start off with your battle size, like everyone agrees, like, you know, especially for match play, what, what size battle are we going to have? And you pick among these four designations. <laughs> Depending on the, which one you pick, you, you get each side gets a certain number of command points. A, command, a combat patrol, each player gets three command points. An incursion, everyone gets six. Strike force, everyone gets 12. Onslaught, everyone gets 18. Whereas before, you could just take a certain number of detachments. As long as you were within your point limit or power level, you'd be fine. Now, every detachment you take costs you a certain number of command points. So if you wanted to take like a battalion, it's going to cost you uh, three command points to take that. And you're like, oh, well, I had, you know, we're playing, a, we're, we're playing an incursion game. That, that's, I have six to begin with, and I have to play a battalion. That's, gonna, that's only going to leave me with three, three command points left for the whole game. Well, no, there's some rules around that, too. Um, yeah. If you choose a warlord within a particular detachment, you get that detachment's cost refunded to you in the form of command points. So if you spend three command points to take a battalion and you choose your warlord to be, to come from that battalion detachment, then you get those three points back, right? If you chose a patrol and it only costs you two, then you only get those two points back. So you obviously want to try and choose a warlord from your costliest attachment, right? Yes. And this, this is sort of, you know, meant to make sure that you're sort of, that I guess uh, it's fluffy in a way. Because your warlord is sort of, you know, commanding come the biggest, from the biggest That makes sense within sort of yeah. in-universe right. perspective. So now we have a, a thing where all the detachment cost command points, right? Yeah. And and depending on whether or not your warlord comes from there, you can get some of them back. There are a few exceptions, like having a supreme command detachment that costs you zero. But, but they range anywhere between three to six command points to use these detachments and you can, as we said you can get some of them some of them back there's also a rule limiting how many detachments you might have in your army based on the battle size if the battle size is uh, like a combat patrol you can only have one detachment if it's if it's incursion two if it's a strike force three onslaught four that prevents abuse of having all these multiple small detachments and running around right so now you're going to be disincentivized because having a bunch of detachments means you got to pay their command point cost you're only going to get a refund in the form of one of them right so if you want to go and create a battleforged army that has comprised of a bunch of smaller detachments you know within your your point uh, limit Go ahead and do that. You're just going to start the game with like very few command points. And that's asking a lot. That's going to cost you something. You talked about the command point economy. Yeah. It's cost you a fair amount of, of you invested a lot of command points in this particular type of small detachment army. Yeah. Right? So it's going to have, it's going to be weighing the value of using your command points in this sort of pregame list building way. Where you're gonna? Do you want to have like a bunch of these attachments? Do you want to put a bunch of stuff in reinforcements uh, versus having like one or two detachments in the sort of traditional fashion um, and having a bunch of command points to use in in the game uh, for right. stuff like rerolls or um, special fallbacks, stuff like that. Right. So uh, again, th that to me is like the biggest fundamental uh, change between eighth and ninth. There, there are different little there's a lot of little things that, that jump out overwatch is now a stratagem 
It costs yeah, you, that's, costs you that's, a command I mean, point. Tau to... on Suicide Watch, because that's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to affect armies uh, like, like the Tau, which can obviously have a bunch of units do Overwatch at once. I, I, I think a, a Tau Codex update will probably update that and yeah. probably bring that functionality back to the Tau. But for now... And it, something I haven't even thought of was the gene, how gene stealers would be affected by reinforcements. Oh, right, because... I mean, that's like such a... That's that's a the core of their army, army. Is, is to be in hiding and then come out of their hidey holes mid-game to take objectives and, you know... Yeah, do different pop things up everywhere, and there's and sure they're squishy, but you know they get a lot of uh, mobility around. They get a lot of board control, a lot of mobility. So you know, right? It'll be interesting to see how they update those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the game is going to change a lot. This is throwing a lot yeah. of new, uh, a lot of new ways to play the game. Um, we have not played the game as I, as we've said yet, no. and we'll we'll play it the first chance we get. And I'm curious to see how these new rules affect gameplay whether they make it more fun. It sounds like we're going to have to keep a, a, a number of things in mind playing the game. Yeah. We'll probably, you know, be referring to the rule book a lot. I, I'm hearing positive things about the game itself. Not yeah. so much about the app, but about, definitely about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, my suggestion is you probably, let's, let's go all collectively go watch a bunch of battle reports by folks like Strike and Scorpion and Mini Wargaming and see how they, they play the game. I think that's probably a good way to really get grounded quickly in terms of the differences between eighth and ninth i mean mini wargaming has like a bunch of videos on sort of differences right oh yeah yeah if a, a great way to get a, a sort of primer on the differences between eighth and ninth is to definitely go to mini wargaming's uh youtube channel they have done a great job of taking each of the phases and doing specific videos about changes in ninth edition to the movement phase changes to the fight phase changes to the charge phase all that stuff so that's a great way to sort of like immediately find out what's different about the game and then they'll then they'll go and play the game so i definitely recommend their channels for that well i think that that's all i have to say about all this yeah i think i think we've summed it up so we're hoping you guys are spending uh, some quality time in the hobby um you're not going too too crazy Hope you're doing a lot of hobbying, a lot of painting, even if you're not doing a lot of playing. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we certainly would like to, uh, you know, do these podcasts more often. I think the pandemic has thrown a little bit of a, you know, spanner in the works and all of this. But, you know, it's certainly fun to do on our side. So um, yeah. we hope you enjoy this episode and, and, and keep subscribing and keep liking. Come to our Facebook page. We, we have people coming to our Facebook page fairly often. I'm sorry that, that we don't have new episodes, but we definitely have... Uh, photos of our army and other things that are, are Warhammer related on that Facebook page. Just look for the Eye of Terror on Facebook. With that, uh, we're going to sign off. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>